Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for September 10, 2023 is entitled, The Servant's Mission. It comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. The key verse, When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mark chapter 2, verse 17. The application, the student will realize his mission is the same as Jesus' mission on earth, and that is to call sinners to repentance. Seeking the Context Several times before he ascended back to heaven, Jesus gave instructions to his followers to continue the ministry he had started. Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20 gives the clear presentation of Jesus' command to go and make disciples of all nations by leading people to salvation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded. We are also promised that Jesus would be with us even unto the end of the world. We call this the Great Commission. Mark recorded Jesus' words, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16 verse 15. Matthew's and Mark's statements were recorded from two different occasions, but both emphasized taking the gospel to all nations and every creature. The gospel is not limited to one ethnicity, one nation, or only one type of people. The gospel is for everyone, and we are commanded to take it to everyone. Luke emphasized being a witness with Jesus' words, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Luke chapter 24, verses 47 and 48. Additionally, Luke recorded Jesus' words in the book of Acts. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus spoke these words at different times and in different places, but the emphasis is still the same. We are called to be witnesses of the gospel to all nations unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In last week's lesson, we studied the beginning of Jesus' ministry with his baptism, temptation, and teaching ministry. In this week's lesson, we observe Jesus continuing in his ministry of taking the gospel throughout the region of Galilee. What Jesus commanded us to do, he exemplified through his ministry. Jesus practiced what he preached. So as we focus on Jesus' encounter with several different kinds of people, we will be encouraged to meet the many different kinds of people 
in our lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? Searching the text. Number one, publicans and sinners. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. And who went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. During his great Galilean ministry, Jesus drew large crowds and taught them. Some came for the miracle show and to be relieved of an ailment. But some, like Levi, the son of Alphaeus, followed Jesus because of what he taught. Levi was also known as Matthew, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. Since Matthew wrote the first book of the New Testament, we might think we know a lot about him. But all we know is his Jewish name was Levi. He was the son of Alphaeus, and he was a publican or tax collector, Luke chapter 5, verse 27. It is possible, but not certain, that Matthew was from the tribe of Levi, meaning he was of the priestly tribe of Israel, and that he was the brother of James, the son of Alphaeus, another of the twelve apostles, Mark chapter 3 and verse 18. That Matthew was a tax collector tells us what other Jews thought of him. He would have been grouped with the outcast of Jewish society, harlots, sinners, and publicans, and would not have been allowed in the synagogue or the temple. Publicans were greatly despised and considered cheats who greedily took for themselves more taxes than Rome required, Luke chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. The Jews would have considered Matthew a traitor because he was a Jew working for the oppressive Roman government. But Jesus was known for being friends with outcast people like Matthew. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 19, Luke chapter 15 verses 1 and 2. Because like God, Jesus was no respecter of persons, Acts chapter 10 verse 34. Just as I or anyone else, Matthew needed to hear the gospel and be saved. He was no less worthy to hear the gospel than anyone else. Matthew was probably saved at some previous time, and when Jesus called Matthew to follow him and become one of his apostles, he jumped at the opportunity. Matthew immediately left his job as tax collector and followed Jesus, and he left all, rose up, and followed him, Luke chapter 5, verse 28. Even more, he held a great feast at his house, inviting all his publican and sinner friends to meet Jesus and hear him teach. Mark chapter 2, verse 15, Luke chapter 5, verse 29. Many of Matthew's friends also followed Jesus. Matthew represents the outcast of our society. They may be current or former prisoners, people who live on the rough side of town, or ones who have a not-so-good reputation from things they have done. Should we take the gospel to them? The answer is a resounding yes. And we might find that one of these people will be like Matthew, who invited his disreputable friends to meet Jesus. Do you know an outcast like Matthew 
who needs you to share the gospel with him or her? Number two, scribes and Pharisees. Mark chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus was always getting into trouble with the scribes and Pharisees. They were the religious leaders among the Jews, but sadly, they were poor leaders. They were hypocritical, legalistic, and abusive. They led people away from God instead of to Him. Instead of leading people to heaven, they were leading people to hell. Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 15. These scribes and Pharisees did not like that Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. You will probably get the same reaction from some so-called Christians if you spend time with the undesirables of our society seeking to win them to Christ. Jesus was leading these people to salvation, and he really did not care what the scribes and Pharisees thought about it. But Jesus gave these scribes and Pharisees and us a great lesson about the purpose of his mission on earth. Using the metaphor of a physician, Jesus said that he came to heal the sick. We can point to many occasions when Jesus miraculously healed physical ailments, but this is not the sickness he was speaking of here. He was talking about the worst sickness of all, sin sickness. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance so that they would be saved. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Interestingly, Jesus said this while at another publican's house, Zacchaeus. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house, and Zacchaeus was saved. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. But did Jesus not want these scribes and Pharisees to be saved? Of course he did. And he gave them many opportunities to be saved. But the problem was that these scribes and Pharisees did not think they needed saving. They thought they were righteous. As has been often said, people must realize that they are lost before they can be saved. You should read Jesus' parable about two praying men in Luke chapter 18 verses 9 through 14 to see the typical attitude of these religious leaders. One who was saved in this parable was the publican. Jesus, the great physician, came to heal the world of sin sickness. He diagnosed the problem, provided the remedy, and paid the bill with his own life. He even died for those who rejected him. Do you know someone like these scribes and Pharisees who does not see his need of salvation? How might you help them understand their need to be saved? Number three, disciples of John and of the Pharisees. Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they came and said unto him, Why do you, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them? 
As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the day will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilt, and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put in new bottles. It is uncertain why the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were together here. It causes me to wonder if these disciples of John had not committed to Christ. John chapter 3 verses 26 through 36. It seems that these disciples of John were aligning themselves with the Pharisees and their issue with Jesus was about fasting. The twice a week fast was an important tradition among the Jews. Although fasting is never commanded in the law, one might construe fasting from the phrase afflict your soul required on the day of atonement, Leviticus chapter 16 verses 29 through 31. But what Jesus said about fasting in Matthew 6 verses 16 through 18 helps us understand that much of the Pharisees' fasting was hypocritical and just for show. Jesus and his disciples took no part in such religious hypocrisy and were criticized for it. Jesus explained that it was no time to fast. Fasting was often an expression of mourning and sadness. Jesus, the bridegroom, was here, and fasting had no place at the celebration of a wedding. John's disciples should have known this because John pointed to Jesus with the same bridegroom metaphor. John chapter 3 and verse 29. But it seemed they were listening to the Pharisees who did not like that Jesus, instead of fasting, were feasting with the publicans and sinners. Jesus had already said that he came to call sinners to repentance, not to compliment the self-righteous. Sinners were being saved at Matthew's feast, and it was something to celebrate. It was not the time to fast, but to rejoice over sinners who repented. Luke chapter 15, verses 7 and 10. Mark 2 and 20 could possibly point to the day when Jesus was arrested, taken away from his followers and crucified. Then would be the time for fasting. It could also point to the days following the Lord's ascension back to heaven, at which time occasional fasting would be appropriate. But if we choose to fast, we must do so in such a way as to not call attention to ourselves. Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. But I, for one, say that living for Christ should be more like a celebration at a wedding instead of a mournful fast. In Mark 2:21 and 22, Jesus said, You do not patch an old garment with a new piece of cloth, and you do not put new wine in old bottle or wineskin. The reason that you do not do neither is that it just will not work. When the garment is washed, the new cloth will shrink and tear the old garment, making the original tear worse. When wine ferments, it lets off gases, stretching the wineskin, often made of leather. New leather has more stretch than old leather. Thus, old leather will tear 
when the new wine ferments. By these images, Jesus illustrated that what he was teaching was by no way compatible with what the Pharisees taught. I do not think this speaks of the Old and New Testaments because they are compatible. And every book of the Bible has benefit to us. Jesus did not come to do away with the Old Testament, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. But the hypocritical legalism of the Pharisees was in no way compatible with the salvation Jesus came to deliver. You could not be saved through the old ways of the Pharisees. The only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. I cannot help but wonder about these disciples of John. They should have known better than to align with the Pharisees. John himself had a few run-ins with them. Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Seemingly, they had succumbed to the pressures of being accepted by Jewish society. They did not want to become outcasts like the publicans, sinners, or Jesus' disciples. They had compromised with the world and became enemies of Jesus. Do you know someone who has compromised with the world and become an enemy of Jesus? How might you reach that person with the gospel? Setting the application. Like Jesus, we encounter many different kinds of people in our world. Many of them need to hear the gospel and be saved. Like Jesus, we need to share the gospel with them and tell them how to be saved. Some will listen and be saved like the publicans and sinners. Praise the Lord. Others will reject the gospel and remain lost like the scribes and Pharisees. Still others may compromise with the world like the disciples of John we met in our lesson. And we are left to wonder if they are saved or not. May God give us the want to and the wisdom to take the gospel to all nations to every creature and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Who is the person you need to take the gospel to this week? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.